I'm Kyle Mylan, and after 20 years in manufacturing, nobody knows more than me about industrial marketing and technical sales. Nothing was blocking me. I was the problem, the only one stopping me. I didn't like it, I had to refocus. Now I'm devoted, I know where I'm going. Controlling emotions, I'm owning the moment. In order to get it, see, you gotta want it. This type of For this episode, if you're in manufacturing and you're selling to other manufacturers, sometimes you can run into a lot of issues. And on this episode, we're going to cover the key areas to focus on. The first thing that I feel like you need to do if you're a manufacturer selling to other manufacturers, and some people may be like, well, technically like all manufacturing people are selling to other manufacturers. It can be you're, you're a service provider, machine shop, things like that, selling to aerospace and you know, mining uh, companies or agriculture or anything like that. Or if you guys are selling manu- like a manufacturing service, if you're doing upgrading facilities, buildings, you're doing cleaning services, you're offering any additional things for the building maintenance, stuff like that. All of these things will apply to basically everybody. It's like you're doing something in manufacturing for other manufacturers. The first thing you're going to want to go into is to identify your market. So who is your core competency of who you're trying to go after? So many times I, I meet companies and talk to people all the time that and they're like, well, we're kind of just going after everybody. You know, we've got different groups in different industries, but we pretty much offer them all the same thing. And we want to go after everybody the same. I can tell you that if you can at all identify your market into smaller buckets, whether it is specific industries, specific geographic regions, specific things that you can identify the market a little bit different than the rest, it can help if you have the workforce behind you to then strategically target them. So it's kind of like account-based marketing where you're saying, I'm going after these accounts. Now, whether it's 100 accounts or you're going after a thousand accounts, you're still identifying the market as closely as you can. So if you're new to the industry, if you're new to the company, you're like, dude, I don't have a prospect list to go after. You can go after existing customers and look at what companies do they compete with. You can go after the unsold list. You can go after and look at them. But if you're trying to build a prospecting list from scratch, try and start with some sort of identification, starting with geographic region, starting with the industry, starting with some sort of common denominator to where you can say, look, I take old buildings. This is something that doesn't get enough attention. You go into a manufacturing company and let's say the ceilings are 20, 30 feet high. And a lot of times nobody looks up there and it's usually pretty dirty. And I've come across a few companies over the last few years where they come in and they repaint that. And if you're working at a place, you may be like, yeah, we had our ceilings redone, the internal ceilings redone. They may focus on a specific size of a company, a specific size of a business, a specific geographic region. They may say, we want to go after buildings that are 10 to 20,000 square feet. Well, how do you know that without going through it? Well, you can probably make some assumptions by saying like, it's going to be roughly this size of a company from an employee standpoint. If they have 30, 50, 100 employees to maybe 250, 500 employees, those are those key identifying things that you need to identify your market. Because then all of your marketing, all of your sales activity can support what you're doing to try and attack that market. And if even if you do break it into subgroups and micro buckets, you can still attack it strategically. So the first step is going to be you have to identify what is that specific market. I was on a call yesterday with a prospect and, and he's like, we know who we want to go after. We don't want to do businesses with these people. We know we want to do businesses with this other group of people, bigger companies, larger opportunities. They don't want to deal with the fish and the and like the sharks all the time. They're going after the whales. You can sometimes identify by 
by making a list of who don't you want to go after, right? I don't want to deal with these types of people, which then is going to leave a different market open. And you can say, these are the people I want to go after. So you can somewhat reverse engineer the profile of that perfect customer and then just work backwards based on, this is the perfect company I'm trying to go after. Whether it's an existing customer you have, you can reverse engineer a profile, say, this is an existing customer. I'm going to reverse engineer the profile of companies like it. doesn't necessarily have to be the industry, but size, geographic location, things like that. Once you identify it, then you can move into the next step. The second step is going to be, how are you going to build out your value? And so many technical salespeople go after it from the standpoint of like, I want to show up and throw up my information. I want to go into it. And it's not really even like technical salespeople. I feel like salespeople in general walk into a meeting or on a phone conversation and want to just rattle off all the different things that they can do. That is the exact wrong way to approach it because you're throwing up all of your information onto that person. You're going to lose their attention. You're going to lose their patience. And you're not really driving the conversation into something that's a conversation instead of just a presentation. If somebody says, hey, come in and pitch me, I'm going to get you eight people in a room, go through your presentation. You don't want it to just be talking about the general things that you do. You don't even want to necessarily go down the path of being like, here's all of my different case studies, companies that we've dealt with, things that we've done that are awesome. Don't even go into that in the beginning. What you're looking to do is try and build value with your services and your service offering. You should already know what it is that your product or service does that provides value to people, right? So the first thing is you have to provide value to exchange for money. If you can do something for somebody else, they see value in it, they will give you money to do it for them. Cutting your grass. If you don't like cutting your grass, you hire a lawn service to cut your grass for you. To you, it's worth the time to not cut your grass and the 40 bucks you're going to give that company to cut your grass, it's worth it to you for that value, right? It's a simple thing of figuring out what value do you provide, but then how do you get them to realize that you're providing that value? You do it by asking questions. Don't go into it by saying, this is how I'm going to pitch it. This is a script I'm going to go through. I'm going to present these things and this, this, and that. You have to go into it from the standpoint that I'm going to start by asking them questions. And some of you that have listened to my content before, you know what I'm going to say. You have to first determine what is the the problem that they have that you're trying to provide a solution to. You're not trying to say, these are all of our features and make them figure it out. You're trying to provide a solution to a problem. So first you have to figure out what is that problem. And if, if you're doing something like painting the underside of ceilings at manufacturing companies, you say, when's the last time that you've had your ceiling repainted? Is it dirty up there? Or what are some issues that you have with your facility and the upkeep and the maintenance of it? And then just sit back and let them talk. They will tell you what their problems are if you allow them to talk. But if you just go into from a standpoint that I'm just going to go in there, spit out all my features, all the things we can do, we can come into your building, we can do the floors, we can do the ceiling, we can paint, we can build stuff, we can fabricate, we can do we can do cleaning, we can do weekly stuff, we can do monthly services, we can do like projects type stuff. Those are things that you don't want to do. You want to go into from a standpoint of what is an issue that you're having and then what is the solution that we can provide to that specific issue and only focus on that initially. You don't want to go into it and just say, this is everything we can do. So you have to build the value. The value happens whether you're in marketing, you're like, how do I build value with marketing? You can use a question that you commonly get. You can say, here's a common question that prospects or the current customers come to us to solve. Here's our solution for it. Put it on a graphic, put it on an email, put it on anything like that and push it out there. Because other people are going to be like, yeah, I have that problem too. And these people are solving that problem for me. So I'm going to reach out to them. From a sales standpoint, asking them questions from the beginning. Do you currently have a solution for this? What is your main issue with that? Is there anything that you deal with on a weekly, monthly basis 
that your upper management or boss is coming down on you for and that you don't have a solution to, let them talk and then see, do you have a solution to that problem? And then build value behind. They've identified they have the problem. You have the solution. They're going to find value in that solution because they've already told you it's an issue. Then it comes down to how much of an issue is it for them? And does your service or product provide enough value to justify the cost? Once you've determined all that, you've got your target market, you've identified your market, you know how you're going to build value, you know how your pitch is going to be, now it's time to attack. So you're going to attack the market. You do not want to do this lightly, you do not want to do this slowly, you want to do it strategically. So the areas that you want to focus on is you're going to want to have some sort of email marketing in place, whether that's a very robust system with HubSpot email marketing automation and putting them in campaigns and workflows and things like that, or it's just if you're doing it on a budget, then you want to just send out broadcast emails on a certain schedule, but then you also want to try and follow up with phone calls. That's the best way to do it. You can have people making phone calls, have people following up with those emails that were sent from those people. You can have people doing cold calls for you and tie that all into the email marketing, but email and the phone are super powerful because not many people are doing that. The other area you're going to want to look at is pushing hard on social. So again, you don't want to just say, these are all the things that we can do and just scream it out there. You have to be creative. You have to stand out. Look at your competition. Look at your top five competitors. Look at how much engagement are they getting on their posts. If they're getting like two people that like or comment on it, and then you don't have anybody else, it's like not as big as you would expect. And most likely the followers that they have is not going to be the highest quality, right? But you can look through it and see what type of engagement they're getting and look for holes in their platform of what they're doing. So like if nobody's posting videos out there, then you can go and do a very strategic and very hard video campaign. If nobody's posting graphics, if nobody's highlighting employees, if nobody's writing articles and sending value-added pieces of content to them, then that's an area that you can focus and attack, and that's how you're going to separate yourself. But like once you do the, do the work of planning, now it's time to do the work of executing, and you need to make sure that you're doing it consistently, that you have a robust plan of creating content, Push it on the distribution channels. Once you get somebody, you need to have a conversation with them. Don't just pitch them your services. Build out your LinkedIn network from a personal profile standpoint. You want to be attacking as hard as possible across all fronts to try and go after that omnipresence, which is being everywhere all at the same time. So even though you've done the work, a lot of people then lack and they're like, okay, now I'm going to attack. I'm going to do this one thing. And then four months later, do this other thing. Like, oh, that didn't work so well. I'm going to delay this and I'm going to do like all these different things to where over a year, maybe at the end of the year, you start doing everything. But why not just do it over like two months and then just push for 10 months across all platforms? Don't go into it being like, I know if I do this today, I'm going to get something back tomorrow. You have to go into it knowing that it's a process. It takes time. Push everything out there and then wait for the things to come to you and then adjust and adapt. That brings us into the fourth point, which is going to be you want to analyze the data and make adjustments. You may think that posting at this time of the day or sending emails at this time of the day, or this type of email, or this type of setup is going to work. You need to test it out, then look at the data that comes back, look at the open rates, look at the engagement, look at the views on videos, look at how many people are going to the website, and then make micro adjustments to your campaign based on that. It's not just like a, I know this is going to work, there's going to be no adjustments necessary, and that's typically what manufacturing companies will do, because they're like, this is how we have to do it, and we're going to do it exactly like this for a year, and then wait a year, and then you come back and look at what are the results. That is not going to work. You already know who they are, right? You're a manufacturer yourself. You already know the manufacturing market. You know, I think you should know what they like to see based on what you like to see. What types of things like 
Everybody talks about mobile being like 50, 60, 70% of traffic of websites is mobile. Not in manufacturing, it's not. It's still 25 to 30% is mobile. It's still heavy desktop. And you know that because you're probably viewing a lot of things on your desktop. You already know that. So you can put up the perfect plan, but then you have to make adjustments based on what the data shows. The data shows that one thing's working better than others, double down on that. If it shows that this thing is not working at all, make an adjustment to it. Then test it out for another four weeks, eight weeks. See if that what that adjustment did. Compare months one and two to months three and four. Like I did it this way. These are, this is my data. I did it this other way. Let's compare them. Let's figure out, is it an in-between? Do we make it too much of an adjustment? Should we scale it back a little bit? But I'm 100% for making adjustments as you go. It's not like figure it out while you go. You already know what the plan should be. It's just you have to make adjustments to get to the perfect sweet spot of what is going to work. So next week on Monday, the show schedule is going to be Monday is Q&A. Send questions over to askkyle at mfgtribe.com. Tune into that show at noon Central Standard Time. Wednesdays, we're going to be talking about something with industrial marketing or technical sales. As always, noon Central Standard Time. Go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you know. Keep on plugging Instagram, guys. If you guys are on Instagram, go over and follow me at Kyle J. Mylan. I'm going to be doing some behind-the-scenes stuff only on Instagram because that's a platform that does it the best right now until LinkedIn figures something out with stories or short posts. And as always, we will see you on the next one. Well, that's it for this episode. If you got value out of it, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one person you know. And if you can, leave me a review because it really helps me out. If you want to check out my other content, go over to YouTube. I've got a channel over there as well as find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Kyle Mylan. I will see you on the next one.